Welcome back. It's the SaaS Brand Strategy Show. My name is Ryan Copperud. As always, I am here with my co-hosts, Dustin Robertson, Mike Dracy. Gentlemen, how are you? Excellent. Excellent. Mike? If I'm being honest. Tell me. Be a little, little fuzzy, little fuzzy. Only honesty um, here. Authenticity yeah. here. Yeah. Candid. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's Tour de France, and my wife and I um, watch it on replay on uh, Peacock every night, awesome. pretty much. Awesome. Um, and you guys both know I don't need a lot of encouragement to drink red wine. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got so it. when it's Tour de France, there's Bordeaux, there's Pinots. Getting we're in we're the... dipping into some French stuff, and you know. Sure. And last night was what Tuesday night, Wednesday night? No, Wednesday when? night. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, second night, second stage of the Pyrenees. Exciting racing, and you know the 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 more exciting the racing is, the less we skip forward, mm. and the longer the evening becomes, and the more wine we drink. So there's a um, there's a relationship there. So I'm a I'm a little I'm a little Tour de France, Tour de France, as Roll would say, fuzzy. <laughs> Have, have love, they climbed the tourmalade yet? I think that's tonight. Ooh, okay, I'll watch that. I haven't been watching it this year, but um, yeah, I did. It's been good. For my dad's uh, 60th birthday. We went to the Pyrenees for the Tour de France, oh. and um, yeah, it was super cool. That is a really cool part of France. Um, it doesn't feel like France, and well, I guess care, it's, it's, I mean, like it's you want to talk about like branding and marketing. I mean, it is the best advertisement for a, a travel experience to France or even just Europe. Like Carrie, my wife watches it. Prime. She's like, I don't want to skip forward because I love the scenery. Oh. She's, you know, it's like, and and that's what happens is people are like, that town is adorable. Look at those mountains. They're incredible. I want to go there. Yeah. 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 It's the Basque region of France. So it's kind of more influenced from Spain. Um, so the food's actually different over there. Um, they a bunch of them speak. I forget the what the language is called. Catalan oh. is it? What is it? Is it Catalonian? Uh, maybe we started. I was told so there'd we, be no geography. Yeah, we <laughs> well, we, we started that trip in uh, Girona, which is in Catalan, nice. and I learned about the Priot wine, which is like the Bordeaux of the Catalan region. Go. That is amazing freaking wine. Uh, probably saying it wrong, but P R I O T Priorat. Um, anyways, if you see it, it's a great blend of Grenache and Spraw. And I think Tempranillo. so. I did a um, bike tour of Europe a long, long time ago. We started in Denmark and um, Amsterdam and then rode our way south and ended up in um, Lisbon, Portugal after the the coast. And we were supposed to. We were supposed to go from Lisbon down to the Mediterranean and then up uh, a little bit to ride the Pyrenees, but we ran out of money. And then so we just had to kind of uh, skedaddle it back to Madrid and and find the cheapest flight possible back to the United States. So the Pyrenees are still on my still on my tour list. Yeah, super cool. They, they do not speak a lot of English out there, but you can get by. <laughs> the uh the internet tells me that the language is Basque in the Basque okay. region. And uh, it's either Spanish, French, or Basque in the Basque region. 
Perfect. It feels uh, like I that whole get... area is kind of like, like hermetically sealed off from the rest of the world. Like they've really maintained their culture and, you know, and consciously and, and like, like proactively been like, no, everybody stay the hell out of here. Like we're good. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm a big Rick Steves fan. You guys ever watch Rick Steves? Sure. Pretty, pretty great episode on the Basque country. That guy gets such a charge out of that guy. Just like, just <laughs> nerdy in the best way, in a way that I just love. And it's great. Anyway. Well, I guess uh, we're talking about Europe uh, and the Nordic <laughs> There's regions. There's a good transition. Which, which, is, uh, which is where today's mini-sode about the B2B Can Lions uh, Awards takes us uh, anyway, but not to Basque country, not to Spain, not to France, uh, to, I believe, the Stral is located in Norway. Is that right? Norway. Norway. Yes. Um, Stral. How would you say that? You guys probably have more of a Norwegian um, influence in Minneapolis than we do in Wyoming. I, I, Strahl is how I would Str- say it. Yeah, Strahl. My There's literally a Kaparud, Norway. Like that city exists. So I should be better with the language uh, than I am. But <laughs> I always wanted to go to Kaparud, Norway, so I can say like I've been to my my, or, my origin. But Strahl is not like Russian. <laughs> um. We uh, this is our last of four ep- mini episodes on the B2B Can Lions. We've explained them in the previous episodes. We'll do it again in case this is your first episode with us. Mike, quick primer what are the B2B Can Lions? Why are we talking? It's the first ever year. Can Lions is the, the, uh, the Academy Awards for the advertising industry, um, essentially annual. Um, can B2B Lions, Creativity Lions, can understand what it's anyway it's a subcategory that they introduced this year in recognition of creativity and results within these specifically the b2b space a space not traditionally known for creativity but in the uh, attempts to encourage celebrate and reward uh creativity in b2b can lion in association with the linkedin b2b institute have started a specific category of awards for B2B. Yes. And Straw won uh, an award this year for this uh, campaign, um, which I am going to press play on right now. Do you know how much money the Norwegian restaurant and food service industry spends every year on broken glasses? Nor do we, but we presume a lot. Strahl products are made of polycarbonate, a material that looks like glass, but won't shatter. If the entire Norwegian restaurant and food service industry swapped breakable glasses with Strahl products, the industry would save a lot of money every year. The best way to communicate the product benefit was to demonstrate it. So we simply just sent potential clients the actual product by mail without any protection whatsoever. If the straw products would survive a beating by the Norwegian Postal Service, it would literally survive anything. All the products arrived safe and sound. And every single recipient ended up ordering straw products for their business. 
Not a bad result for the price of a stamp, to be honest. Yeah, and this campaign was in the subcategory of B2B, uh, breakthrough on a budget. Ah. So some of the other winners had big budget, multi-year things going on. This was a small-time hyper-local producer trying to come up with a creative way to get in front of it, their customers and drive sales. Yeah, shout out the advertising agency in Norway that did this one April. April, 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 it's two I's, A-P-R-I-I-L. Um, what you couldn't see but could hear was them actually showing literally writing addresses of the bars and restaurants that they sent their polycarbonate, uh, I guess I want to call it glassware, drinkware um, to with stamps on them. And they just shipped them through the mail, no box, no cushioning, no nothing, and just let it tumble across the the conveyor belts and and get delivered to these businesses and as a way of proving the product benefit. What's well, the line? He said the best way to communicate the product benefit was by demonstrating it. And that's what they did. Demonstrate. Uh, the old show don't tell. Show don't tell. Yeah. Here's our, here's our quote unquote glassware. Uh, <laughs> it made it. It made it to your door. It'll make it through anything that can happen inside of your restaurant. <laughs> So yeah, this is um, the application to B2B is you know kind of in that product-led growth trend we have going on right now. Uh, that wow moment with the product needs to happen quickly. And so essentially looking at when you're free trialing your software, there needs to be you know some wow moment in that free trial that's gonna get somebody to tell somebody or you know upgrade. And so uh, they did a nice version of that physically. They're like, well, let's just mail a beer mug that is not packaged in anything yeah <laughs> and two bars and see what happens yeah um so they were able to get that wow moment as soon as it showed up um so yeah i think good on them they're uh the critique i'd have is the messaging focused way too much on save money which they didn't even know how much money people are going to save sure so i think they could have focused on the outcome of a bar that doesn't have broken glasses is probably able to sell more beers and keep their customers happy. And um, yeah, probably not have the glass all over the floor. I don't, I don't know. But anyways, there's yeah. outcomes from well, having these glasses in the bar that are beyond the money it costs to buy new ones because they broke. It's been a long time since <clears throat> I've been in the food and beverage industry, um, but there is, I believe there is a term, Ryan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that's breakage. You know, it's not just in food and beverage, but breakage is built into your annual budget, right? Am yes. I right on that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Breakage is basically the, we know that wine glasses, tumblers, pint glasses, whatever are going to break in the process. And we budget for the recurring ordering of glassware uh, because we know we're going to lose X amount of our service, like our service wear on a, so on a back to me basis. and wine. So I worked <laughs> at a really nice restaurant. Um, one of my first jobs in Jackson, it was called the Cadillac grill and the, the, uh, uh, the GM there was a, a, a very big, big fan of wine. Wine is a huge, uh, margin, um, uh, profit margin for restaurants, you know, 50% or more. Right. Dustin. Oh yeah. Yeah. His, unless you, unless you find like the sleeper on the list that they haven't been able to sell, 
which yeah. is usually the Spanish wines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm always totally. going diving in and be like, what about this uh, 1998 <laughs> Super Rioja? <laughs> so the GM strategy was like, we're going to drive more sales in two ways. Number one, we're going to have wine selling contests. So you got a, you got a, a, you know, an extra spiff at the end of the night, if you sold the most wine. And number two was he invested like shit tons of money in nice wine glasses. Mm. Like he wanted to, when the guests sat down at the table, he, they wanted to, he wanted them to look at the glasses and be like, this is a place where you drink good wine. Yeah. And that worked kind of, except for the breakage. Like, mm. you know how good wine glasses are more delicate, like when you get into that crystal or whatever it is. And so the breakage, like the dude who was washing dishes was constantly in trouble. Oh, sure. Because <laughs> he's breaking and he like was some dirtbag climber glasses. that was like, I'm just washing dishes and I just want to go climbing. Get off my back, man. And they're and they're like $15 a pop and he's like breaking one a shift. And totally. the guy's like, come on, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I think part of that superpower, you know, okay. So two things, one, I think it's identifying your customer's pain point, right? They know that this is a pain for them for a variety of reasons. Dustin, you, yes, you're saving money because you're not having to order multiple different, uh, you know, sets of glasses on a weekly basis. Sure. Also you're not getting beer sent back because you have chipped, you have chipped pine glasses and people are going, there might be glass in my drink. Now you're dumping a beer down the drain. You're sending a server back for another trip. Things are running less efficiently. Save you know, time, save an- money. <laughs> save time, save money. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're, also, so, you're talking about so glass lazy. on the floor, Dustin. Like a never, another component of it is like you got glass on the floor in a restaurant and it's dangerous for your employees. You don't want somebody to step on that or slip on that. You don't want a customer to step on that or slip on it. Like there's all kinds of reasons they're dialing into in a restaurant that like not having shit break on a regular basis is making your life easier. So I do feel like that's a good component of this campaign is they dialed into as a restaurant owner. Yes. I do think they over-indexed in the campaign on this is going to save you money, but they know that from their perspective, they're just freeing up so much mental space for these restaurants. If they don't have to think about something breaking on a regular basis. So I think that kind of touched on the, the problem they solve. Um, you know, to frame it, they didn't get too deeply into it um, to Dustin's point about like um, the cost, but there, there is a bigger, better, stronger story to tell about the problem they solved that would resonate with the target for sure. Yeah. 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 Just like when somebody drops a tray or breaks a glass in a restaurant, it is a mood killer. (laughs) Like Mm. nobody's stoked that glass broke. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I think just, there was um, a lot, they could have focused a lot more on the outcome and still, I think, had a fun creative campaign because you know the cool thing was they shipped these things with no packaging which is that that was the hook and yep. so then go pay off the outcomes of having these glasses in in the house and so a quick but, aside oh go ahead dustin i was gonna say but you know the ad agency probably wasn't charged with solving that problem for the client they're like we just need to make a memorable campaign here don't yeah don't talk yeah and, they and probably, your budget again, is ten dollars Right. <laughs> well, and they're, I mean, ad agencies are not trained in um, producing uh, creative that, de- that delivers outcomes for products. They're, they're just there to like highlight the brand, highlight the product. Very few agencies are going to take the time to figure out what's the outcome people are getting and, and build a campaign around that. I was going to give a quick aside, uh, Dustin, when you said nobody likes when a tray goes down in a restaurant. 
the restaurant I worked at in college, we had a agreement that when someone dropped a tray, everyone who was working would cheer. And it was a way of us breaking the awkward silence in the restaurant because it had happened to all of us more than once and nobody liked doing it. And then everybody looks at you and it was like, if we all cheer, then A, the awkwardness in the room goes away and no one feels like, oh, that poor soul, they just dropped a tray. They must feel so bad. It was just, everyone was like, and it was just a way of like, all right, let's get over the awkwardness in the room. But you're right. It is an awkwardness in the room and it happens. It happens all the time. <laughs> I get to see a whole campaign around this stuff, like using servers as the spokespeople or the celebrities, right? Like custodians, totally. like literally and figuratively, like from the server's perspective of, of what this, this product means for their world and their experience and their customer experience. And they got into it only in the briefest moment in those early clips where they were showing like security camera footage of servers in restaurants dropping trays. Yeah, They're like tapping into that, like, ooh, we all know that feeling and ooh, it's not a fun one, <laughs> you know? It is a universal, oh, feel your pain. Yeah, feel your pain. Um, I think another thing I really like is without it actually... Um, what it, without it actually doing, you know, th this whole concept of breakage, there's like a fear component, right? You know, that's like the, Ooh, don't be, you know, be careful. So like that fear lacks confidence. And I feel like one of the things I really like about this campaign is it kind of inverts that. And it's like, not only are we so confident in our product, we're going to ship it through you to the ship it in the mail to you. That's how confident we are that it's going to still hold up. But also then you can use that confidence in your day-to-day -day life. And I feel like in a lot of ways, that's the superpower they're giving their customers with this campaign is the sense of confidence on a day-to-day -day basis that they don't have to act out of fear of loss or breakage or hurting a customer or hurting an employee or whatever. And like instilling that confidence through showing the confidence in their product, I think is a nice tie into the superpower that they're giving. And them. I wonder how it could, you know, like, I would just, I think further down the line about the drinking experience. Cause I know like pint glasses are like, if you're talking about pub level pint glasses, they're super tempered, right? Like they're a yeah. really heavy gauge and they're super tempered and, and, and they're, they're really heavy. It's like, and it's like, is that good or bad? How does that contribute to the, to the drinking experience? You know, does a lighter piece uh, add to that or detract from it? I'm just kind of asking questions as like, you explore the polycarbonate barware category. Yeah, it is. It it's it seems to be a category. They're pretty adamant about uh, virtually indestructible polycar premium polycarbonate. Yeah, but for a wine glass and a fine glass of you know bottle of wine, like I mean, I've had like camping plastic wine glasses, and honestly, yeah. it doesn't. It ruins experience. Totally. <laughs> like totally. Not into, I'll, I'll do a beer out of a plastic cup, but I don't want yeah. my wine in a plastic cup. But think about yeah. all the new bar uh, drinking games you can come up with with polycarbonate barware. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me I can play flip cup with a pint glass? That's amazing. Totally. <laughs> That's amazing. Totally. <laughs> um, anything else this says about um, either the brand straw or the customer, you know, that y'all see here? I just think it was super targeted. It was clever. Um, it, 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 it showed, it didn't tell. I mean, that's just one of the basic things. And, you know, the way they positioned it 
um, within the the awards is it did talk about the, you know the the big problem it solves and the camp the results that the campaign drove. They said that everybody they sent this to wound up ordering some of Strahl's uh, polycarbonate barware. Yeah. So the results are amazing. But just that you know to Dustin's point that focus um, demonstrating the, the the benefits of the product talking about the problem it solves in the world. There's a lot of elements there that can um, transfer or translate over to the SaaS world. Totally. Totally. And I think, um, I think SaaS benefits too from seeing something like this, where I guess I would kind of refer to the ad spot as a little bit of a lightning strike esque thing, because they're sort of, they're making a splash with the spot highlighting the campaign and that spot is so visible by other restaurants whether or not you got a mug sent to you you're understanding everything you need to understand about what are my benefits what do these people do what do they stand for what do they like so whether or not i got a plastic mug sorry polycarbonate mug sent to me as a restaurant owner if i'm aware of this campaign or i saw the spot being promoted that feels like kind of lightning strikey to me that you get a pretty good understanding of the category and what it stands for pretty quickly. Yeah. If you and then saw this. think beyond that, think of B to C to B where you start advertising to consumers about the benefits yeah. of your bar, having straw polycarbonate barware and all the activations sure. you can do around that. So that's just there, my consumer even, brain thinking. Totally. And you could, you know, if you wanted to go the greenwashing route, I mean, you could absolutely go how much cardboard is getting used to ship restaurants, pla- uh, new glassware every week. How much packaging, how much, how much does it cost to make the glass that's being sent every single week to these restaurants? And you could totally from a B to B to C to B, B to. Yeah. Well, they're, they're you know positioning, B to B to C. they're, they're clearly positioning against an enemy, which is glassware. Yeah. Um, and there are, they're saying like, we're a differentiated category. Like that's yeah. what they're doing. They're doing a, a deviation or a derivative of an existing category and they're kind of hijacking it. Yep. Totally. All right. Anything we missed? Don't think so. All right. Well, we'll leave our, our four parts mini sewed series there. It was fun exploring the B2B can lines this year. I'm certain we'll do it again next year. Lot to learn. Um, if you enjoyed it or you didn't enjoy it, let us know either way. It's hi at drmg.co. We want to hear from you there. If you have questions about who we are and what we do at DRMG, you can also send us an email there. It's hi at drmg.co. Check out the website. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing the show with someone who might enjoy it. Thanks for subscribing. And Mike and Dustin, thank you for your brains today. Thanks, Ryan. We appreciate thank y'all you. for listening. And we will see you 